This is Financial Standard, the definitive source of news, thought leadership and analysis for Australian wealth management professionals. Financial Standard. Take the lead. I'm Cassandra Baldini with Financial Standard, and today I'm joined by Hugh Robertson, Managing Director of Centaur Financial Services. Hugh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. I want to start with, what drew you towards being a financial advisor? I think initially... My goal was always to be a, a fund manager uh, without, you know, I was a big believer of Warren Buffett and followed him a lot when I was at university and kind of out of university, you're not really sure how to go down those specific pathways. You know, when I when I graduated uni, it was pre-Google and YouTube and things like that just to show my age, but it really wasn't a clear pathway on how to get there. So inadvertently, I started off in a graduate program with a, a big four bank. Uh, which was amazing training and, and skills that they they developed uh, within you, and then that really gave me the the push and the the ability to be a financial advisor quite early on in my career. Uh, whereas a lot of my friends who had done uh, the same study hadn't had that opportunity; they had to go down different pathways to get into the industry. So I was very lucky in that regard. Always feeling that that would still some way find a way into a funds management land, being an investment analyst or something like that. And it was probably around six years into my career uh, and after having the benefit of working with some industry icons, you know, Noel Whitaker and Cheryl McNaught, uh, that I I kind of actually fell in love with financial advice in the capacity to really help people. And probably my passion is, is around helping people and achieving goals, helping them gain confidence, clarity, peace of mind, those things where... You, you feel every day in this occupation that you really do make a difference. And that's something that for me, I was always, well, what can I do for my entire career? And this is this is a role I can actually do for my entire career and, and enjoy it. So uh, in, inadvertently came into it, uh, I would say. But now that I'm in it, I want to be someone that helps drive, drive the profession forward. Well, you've been growing your business steadily in the last few years. What are some of the challenges and how have you overcome them? I think we've had challenges in a a few ways. We've had the external challenges uh, of regulatory pressure. Uh, We've had the investment market challenges. We've had COVID. And all this can really make us feel uh, overwhelmed at times. And it it can feel quite negative and it can feel quite lonely. Uh, So there, I think, challenges that we've all faced, uh, fascia and, and the like. But the challenges for us has probably been uh, mindset challenges, keeping positive, uh, staying energetic, really realizing what what our core values are, what our true north is, which is always helping clients and trying to make a positive, meaningful difference to them. And when you go back to sort of first principles or you go back to your true north, it actually makes it a little bit easier. And you realize that we're all in this together, our whole financial advice community, we're all in this as one team. So for us, uh, we've been able to really have the positive mindset uh, to address all, all the challenges that there are. And, and now we're kind of on the other side of it where the challenges are, how do we, you know, how do we continue growing at the rate that we grow? Because I think during these tough times, we took the financial leadership position with clients and really were on the front foot talking to them, not, not knowing the answers, but just being there for them. That built a lot of trust with clients. So they know that whatever happens in this world, good, bad, we're going to be there for them. So that's been able to help us really grow, I suppose, within the within the advice industry, a, a reputation is probably one of the leading 
uh, financial advice firms on the Gold Coast uh, where where I live. And from there, we've been able to grow and attract just unreal talent. Like the people that that are working, you know, for Centaur now are, are far better than I was when I started my career. And I feel that we've now been able to compound that growth. And our challenges now is how do we continue to grow in terms of resourcing, getting the future talent, uh, ensuring we stay up to date with investments, compliance, uh, and all those things. And I suppose probably for me personally, that the big challenge is uh, why still being an advisor and also being now the managing director. So we keep talking internally within Centaur is about of the 12 people we have, 10 people are pretty much in new roles this year because we keep growing and we keep expanding and we keep promoting from within. Uh, and we're really trying to build that, you know, almost you can choose your own adventure. You can choose your own career here in Centaur. And I think that's unique when you're small, you have that ability to be nimble, um, provided, you know, and the one thing we just make sure we're very cognizant of is here is we're just not ever going to have that ego. Uh, because ego is when you get complacent. Ego is when you start believing your own hype and things like that. So um, the market's taught us a lesson this year in terms of, you know, don't get complacent, don't get confident. Uh, regulation will do that. So our, our challenge, there's always going to be challenges. And I, th- I think the other thing I would always challenge, wrong use of words there, but our industry on is just accept that, embrace that. Don't think of it as a negative. Uh, it's better because we are trying to drive our industry to become a profession. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to we've got to face this. We want to be seen as professionals, and how are we going to be seen as professionals? Is when the community, where society sees us as professionals. So, and that in our in our industry is going to be a day by day, client by client process. And I've got four young children, so I when I talk about why it's so important to me, uh, is that I want this industry to be great. I and someone at somewhere at some stage someone was going to have to take the reins in making this a great profession and do all the hard work that we've had to do the few years, the last few years. And if that's going to happen, I want that to happen on my watch. I don't want to leave that for the next generation to do. I think we need to own that. And when you own that, that empowers you to be one of the leaders in, in creating the change for the, for the benefit and for the future. Well, you've said before that you want to leave the advice space in a better way than you found it. Mm. Well, what are you doing um, to make sure that happens? Great question. And I think this is something we've always got to keep asking ourselves because even just this week we were at a, a conference and I was talking and the the funny thing from my perspective is we've got to share more as a, as a community. So if our vision is to make advice great for everyday Australians, then why aren't you sharing with other advisors what you do in your business? Um, because other, if you're not sharing and you're not collaborating with others, then you're only trying to make it better for the clients that come to you. And I feel there's, you know, we've got a shrinking advisor force under 16,000. We've got 750 people retiring every day. The need for advice is greater than ever. So I I don't want our industry to have this scarcity mindset that we're fighting for clients. I want us to have that abundance mindset that believe that we really do add value. We're going to help people get through the complexities and the transitions and to really start to share and collaborate. And from that perspective, whenever I'm speaking, you get, you're never going to get marketing hype from me. You're going to get exactly what we do. It's completely honest. It's transparent. It's authentic. And I feel the more each advisor leans into that, the more we grow as an industry. And 
personally within Centaur, it has been now, you know, for me, maybe I could have 200 clients at a total. Uh, so how do we grow, you know, and become better now? My role kind of goes into that mentoring and I step into now, okay, I'm going to grow the likes of, you know, Philippa, Bobby, Lisa. These guys are all stars and I see the quality of the person that they are and I feel that I would let my parents, I would let my family and friends be clients of, of the advisors that we've got. So we're going to, you know, continue to train them to instead of, you know, Hugh Robertson being able to help 200 people, Centaur as a business now can help 800 people if it was 200 each. And so we can really grow slowly but well by then. And I think as we're growing and the message comes out, you really build this trust in your community and you become really referable. And so from that perspective, I think that's, we, I don't see that we can change our industry with some big advertising campaign to say, advice industry is amazing, come check it out. I don't, I don't think it's, it's that. I think we change it one client at a time, the perception of advice. You give value, you're, you're thorough, you're not tricking a client, you're being transparent. I passionately believe in goals-based advice. It doesn't matter what your investment return is if you never hit your goals. Uh, conversely, if you hit all your goals, then it doesn't matter what your investment return is. So I think that's the evolution. And I feel with everyone we've got coming in the industry, these guys are going to be amazing because they're coming in with financial advice degrees now. So they're coming in choosing to be financial advisors. I think that puts us in a truly unique uh, place, especially for you know the older advisors now you know that have been here close to 20 years to their technical skills are going to be great. We're going to teach them the soft skills. Probably one of the inadvertent consequences of uh, FASIA and the, the Royal Commission was we lost a lot of great advisors who really had that great connection with clients. And when challenges happens or you know, pandemics or, you know, market crashes, it doesn't matter how technically gifted you are. It matters your relationship with the client and the trust credits that you've been able to build up. So from my perspective, uh, always trying to do the right thing by people. And now as we grow our team, you know, us being one of the, one of the leaders in our firm, not just an individual be the leader in the way the industry goes, but as a whole team and a whole firm, and then always sharing. I think that's how we make it great. Uh, and you be the example to people because there's going to be times where it's really tough in the industry and you're going to get an ethical dilemma. And the one thing you always want, you want to know is that some of the people that might have been ahead of where you, where you currently are, knowing that they would never make that bad decision. And that can give you a really good clarity of thought to go, okay, it's just not an option. And our advice industry needs that. Um, I feel we're so well placed. Every the advisors that I talk to, they are just really good, fundamentally good people, and that that just makes me very positive mm. on the industry. And I think we'll get to that point where we will self-regulate, and that's. I think then you have. I, I I say it every time I get a chance to speak. I think professional. I think financial advice will be the number one professional service. I think we will overtake accounts. I think we'll overtake lawyers. Wow. I think because we are relationship driven at heart and that beats any transactional driven professional service provider. That's not to say accounts and lawyers don't, but they, I think clients will ultimately come to us first 
because we, in some instances, we're the GP. So we're the one that will connect them to the lawyer, to the accountant, to the mortgage broker. But for that full understanding of their situation, achieving their goals, they fundamentally need us in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the industry as a whole has been through a bit of a state of flux, I guess, as it looked to professionalize. A lot of advisors have left as a result. If we could fast forward five years, what would you really like to see changed? And what do you think is needed to get there? That is such a good question. Five years from now, I think it all starts with our own mindset and our own mentality. This this environment where we're not competing with each other, we share and we collaborate. And if I can't help a client, I send them to another advisor. And if they're, if it's not in my wheelhouse or not one of our strengths, we have other people who we send the referrals to. Like right now, we don't even do insurance anymore because we have some friends you know, who we trust and respect in business who are better than us at it. So, you know, the code of ethics kind of mandates that you do that, but we were doing it before that because it was the right thing by the client. And I feel, don't worry about the regulation of doing the right thing. Just be the person that always does the right thing. I feel our industry is is going there. I I feel we were probably going there anyway. All the regulation has just fast-tracked that because we're still a very young industry. I think the, the current leaders in the industry really top-notch and they are they are showing their voice and they're promoting good advice so five years from now i see us being seen as a trusted and respected profession i see that clients have probably moved away from judging us on investment performance and on achieving goals uh we may be more self-regulated than uh, government regulated And I feel as businesses, we will be much better businesses because if you replay the last 10 years, there's been that much change and disruption. The business efficiency isn't there yet. You know, there's not, if you look at anyone doing any research on tech stacks, you know, one of the famous buzzwords in the last two years, uh, no one's got it solved. So because we haven't been able to, because there's FDS, there's opt-in, there's you know, ROA change, all these changes have meant that we haven't been able to understand the lay of the land. I think now, maybe after some, you know, the review that's currently going on, we may have some clear runway so we can actually be proactive because every single advisor listening to this would say that the last 10 years has just felt completely reactive. And the one thing that has done really well in hindsight is investment markets, um, but everything else has seemed very, very difficult. And I think we've got to sort of get our positivity back, get our energy back, know what we're doing. Like the, helping people achieve their goals is amazing. You're one of the few professions that can actually do that and get paid reasonably well to do so. So we're in a very privileged position to do what we do. And I think we band together and now start to make it a really great industry. Five years from now, what's that? 2027, our, our industry is starting to fly, starting to do really well. You use the words trusted and respected. And as an advisor, I would say that's pretty important. So I guess how has being in the Power 50 previously impacted your business and clients? The Power 50 is a lovely recognition from from the industry and your peers. And it gives you a bit of confidence to have your voice. So prior to being 
you know, on that list, there, there might be areas where you don't want to talk about and you don't want to share or you don't want to be vulnerable. So part of the platform for me has been to share vulnerability, to share that it's tough out there to, you know, be a person that is contactable because probably years gone by when advisors would get paraded in things, they might have made out that, you know, they were they were perfect and never made mistakes. And we all know that's not true. But as a young advisor coming up, that was really hard for me to see and think, wow, I could never be like those guys who are in that list. I think you see now, now that the people are, you know, there's so many people with great voices out there who are sharing their message, their story. And that for me has definitely helped with our clients acknowledging that you're doing well in your industry. And by being on there consistently, they know that you are still doing a good job and you're still being respected and you're still being someone that's trying to drive the industry forward. And if we talked before, we did talk about being trusted and being respected. Uh, and just as important as that is leadership. So leadership within our industry and more importantly, uh, being the financial leader in our clients' lives. So they all go together. And I feel for me that that was one of the starting points of uh, probably being able to also connect with other great advisors and to build relationships with them and to get to know them away from LinkedIn or away from Twitter uh, to see that they're just great people. And the one thing I would say to everyone is I feel when we start, it's really difficult because we just don't know what we're doing and we're like that puppy dog with energy and we just run. Sometimes we run the wrong way, but then that's fine. We just sprint back the other way and that's great. Then you kind of go through this middle period where it's pretty tough. Uh, there's some blood in the water there and there's this competitiveness and it's, it's pretty vicious and sometimes that could deviate you away from your true north uh, or your true compass and what's important to you. That's going to be the hardest time in anyone's career. Uh, but if you can persevere with the right values and the right morals and you get through to kind of the end where now you're doing well and you've got enough clients and you've got all these things, it really does become blue ocean. And you're not fighting, you're not competing, you're not worried about losing a client or getting a client. Um, you're just worried about doing the right thing. And you're just worried about leaving the advice industry you know, better than when you started. Uh, for me, it's always for my kids to be super proud of what their dad does. Uh, that will always drive me and I get tingles even when I say it now. Um, that's very important to me. And I think that way I know no one can ever get me away from what's my, my goals of being a great advisor and helping people because I know what my true north is. And so the challenge to the younger people coming in, um, don't just try and get your name in lights, be the great advisor. And it's a law of attraction. The, the attention and the publicity will come to you. And I feel that's what we did because if you saw where we started, you would have never thought we could be where we are now. And I'm certain that probably 45 of the other 50 people, well, who are going to be on, on the list. Uh, that's a bit presumptuous, sorry. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure the majority of advisors would have the same story that I have. And they got, it's almost like the Hollywood movie where you get the, the beginning's good, the end is a challenge, but if you fight through and do the right thing, good always prevails. As an advisor, why do you think it's important to have initiatives like the Power 50 in the industry? Why do you think it's important to highlight leaders? A couple of reasons. Any positivity to our industry is amazing. Uh, to 
show positivity, to have people excited, uh, to to want to showcase what people are doing uh, in anything is is great. It's a great initiative for the young people aspiring. Uh, it shows them who are the people to connect with, and part of you know. I think it's one of the old Spider-Man movies or something, but with great power comes great responsibility. So my my challenge to anyone who is fortunate enough to make the list is don't become arrogant. Don't let your ego get in the way now. Um, now, because you were one of those people that one day want to be on the list, now that you're on the list, you actually have more responsibility to the industry. You've got to be the one that is going to help that, reach out to that advisor who you know is struggling. Um, I feel that's, that's the importance and the power of the people that get on there is influence positive change. So whether it be that you are involved in the industry associations, whether you're involved with the media, whether you're involved in local communities, whether it's just you're involved in trying to make your own firm great, um, know that you are a person of influence and you are, you know, if 50 pe- if there's 50 people on the list and they each help 100 people, uh, that's how we get, you know, that, that massive change and you know we we always have a you know a policy of just don't be a douche uh i think that's fairly good fairly good way to get through life uh not the most technical uh approach but for for me it's also uh personally and this might not be for everyone but for me i'm someone that's always worked really hard to try and do the right thing and to get these nods of approval uh, probably do help validate that to me that I am doing the right thing and it's recognized and it 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 feels good like in, internally I, I feel very proud that I've been able to be on that list a few times and it's something that you know you want to you want to continue to do and I think there's also a great challenge in that in you've got to keep being innovative you've got to keep trying to drive drive positive change so I, th- I think any industry accolade and award is is meaningful. I feel I like this process where effectively it's voted by your peers. I I think that that is that is something that's that's wonderful. It's not based on a, a licensee or dealer group. Um, this one is is based you know for us it's it's your peers vote for you and that's that's the ultimate respect when you're within your brethren where you're within your community and people respect you, uh, I, I think that's a, a wonderful thing to, to do, to achieve. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Hugh. Thank you very much for having me and let me waffle on. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this Financial Standard podcast. For more information, visit financialstandard.com.au. Please keep in mind that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider personal circumstances. Reliance should not be placed on any content without further independent financial research and advice. 